Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. On this episode of Ask Gary V, Gary talks navigating through uncertain waters, going from a ground level IBO to a full time business owner, and managing your assets during a down market. YouTube. Good to see you. About to do episode 245 of the Ask Gary V Show. Live. Uh, live. Thanks, D Rock. <laughs> I hate when D Rock tries to produce. It freaks me the fuck out. What up, Instagram? Periscope, you, Facebook, YouTube. Everybody's live. You ready? Yeah. All right, 245. Hey, everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is episode 245 of the Ask Gary V Show. We've got all sorts of things going on. YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, and Instagram Live, and Facebook. Facebook is where we're getting the uh, questions from here today. Oh, Facebook on two computers. Uh, And uh, that's it. We'll see if we can uh, match the intensity of the last episode that created the epic piece of content with Taylor. Andy's not even waiting. He's getting right into it. I mean, I'm cool with that. Uh, Phone numbers on Facebook if you want to be on the show. Hello, this is Kenneth Hanover. Hey, man, it's Gary V. How are you? No way, how are you? Good man, I didn't catch your name and turn down the, uh, the, the stream if you can. Yeah, definitely, it's uh, Kenneth Hanover. Kenneth, cool man, how are you, where are you from? I'm from Terrytown originally, born nice. and raised here in New York. Love it man, I went to a great toy show in Terrytown in 1993 and bought a lot of old school Star Wars manuals and made a fuckload of money, so I love Terrytown. That's awesome, what was that over at the Hilton or something? Yeah, it was actually. 20, yeah, 20, they, 24 years ago. They still do shows there? <laughs> uh, I don't know if they still do shows there. I mean, it's like literally like right down the street from my parents' house. I love it. So what's your question, bro? Okay, so I'll kind of get to it. Um, so I, uh, over this past year, uh, I was working at a startup and then recently got laid off or uh, was made redundant in yep. December of okay. this year. Okay. And. I kind of like, I was at a point in my life where I was like in sales and I was, I was like pretty into it and you know, I was like, all right, you know, this is working for me and then, I don't know, like I just suddenly was like not that excited about it. So now I'm trying to figure out what Not excited, is. not excited because of the gut punch of the layoff or not excited prior to it? I think not excited prior to it. Okay. Like I was working, so I was working at Yelp. Yep. And uh, it was like a lot of high volume outbound cold call sales. Yep, yep. And, you know, it was just one of those things that I started doing. I got into it just because, you know, I need to be making money and sure. get a job. Yep. And, uh, you know, it came to a point where it was like another opportunity presented itself. And I was just like, all right, well, you know, maybe this will be different. I'll be in a startup. It'll be, I'll have a lot more autonomy over my day. And then I kind of just found out that I was getting pushed back in that same direction, which is just like a bunch of outbound cold call you know, sales calls. And right. I, I don't know, I just, I, for, for me, it was just like, uh, I felt like I was like living a groundhog day where I was basically just like waking up doing the same thing over and over and over again. You were. Yeah. Um, and so I guess like now I'm at a situation where I just moved back home with my parents and I guess I'm trying to figure out what what's gonna excite me or like what, what my next step should be because I think going and continuing to do the same thing is obviously not not gonna be good for my self-esteem or good for me mentally. Like, I think I've kind of at this point decided what do I, like, I don't want to do this, but at the same time, I don't know what it is that I do want to do. But I you, do I'm you, trying to figure so that out. can you afford, Andy, watch this, you can knock that over. Uh, are you in a place where you can afford um, 
to go and taste a lot of different things. I think of this like food. People are always like, what's my passion? What do I like to do? I'm like, I don't know. Like if you only eat pizza and hot dogs, how do you not you know, know if you know, foie gras or, or sushi or, or, or lemon soup is your favorite food of all time? I don't know where lemon soup came from. But you know, are you in a place where you can go and try doing different things? And if you can't, Go get a nine to five job that pays your basic life away and then spend your 5.30 p.m. to midnight tasting other things in startup land or internships. That's the actual practical answer to solve this question. Did we lose him? All right, let's move on. Yeah, I mean, you know, sorry we lost the call. Where, where, where you go when you don't know what you want to do is you have to try to do things. I mean, it's not, not super complicated. So if you've got a trust fund or if you've saved some money or if you're living, you know, ghetto and don't give a shit and live with 11 roommates and, you know, that, and can afford to just cancel it out, man, uh, is uh, what you got to do is you got to go and try things. You got to try operations. You got to try sales. You got to try all these different things. That's really just the only option out there. And so um, you've got to put yourself in a position, whether being humble and, and ghetto, uh, to go and try things, or maybe you're, luck, you're in a luxury spot where you can go and do that. It's really the only way. You're not going to find out by guessing. Lisa with the ground level cookie business. Good. Hello. Hey, Lisa, it's Gary V, and you're on the Ask Gary V show. Shut up. Are you serious? I am not <laughs> joking, Lisa. That's crazy. How are you? That's awesome. Awesome. So what's your question? (laughs) So I literally just started a very ground level um, cookie business about a year ago. I um, I literally just did it out of out of fun. It was a hobby, and I was in full time school for my cosmetology license, and unfortunately went through um, a divorce. Okay. But this cookie business has taken off and has become more than just a hobby. Um, within less than a year, I've gotten about 400 fans just on Facebook. So I'm wondering if I should take it to the next level and kind of get like my LLC and really brand it. Um, and how to kind of go about doing that on a professional level. Well, um, there, there is no, here's what's great about entrepreneurship. There's no amateurs or professional. Like getting an LLC doesn't mean you're professional. There's plenty of people that don't have an LLC that are making tons of money. You know, they should get an LLC when they get to a certain scale for legal and financial purposes. But don't think of this as like graduating to like I get an LLC and I take it serious. You've already done the hard part. You actually did something, right? So like, so are we talking about you make cookies and sell them? I do. They're um, they're custom cookies, so it's a it's a basically a sugar cookie which everybody absolutely right. loves. Yep. Um, and then I custom. Well, I don't love them because Jordan's sitting here and I don't eat sugar cookies. Tell him, Jordan. But I get what? it. Everybody, <laughs> right? And then you and then you design on top of them, right? Like D Rock's face or things right. like it that. Is, yeah. It's, yeah, and then it's all hand designed, and I haven't done anything where I print anything. It's all I get it. literally. And custom. how much? And how much are the cookies? And how much have you made so far? Um, I'm averaging right now about six hundred dollars a month in cookies. Um, and how much profit? And, and how much profit is that? Like four hundred? Like three hundred? It's pretty profitable, right? It's very profitable. Like <laughs> it's very profitable right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you, um, and I'm only do you doing lo- it part time. Do you love it? I do. I honestly do. I think that it's amazing that. Um, a cookie um, can bring so much joy to somebody's life. I feel like I, I can touch people's lives, and it's 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 really cool. And I've I've very fastly 
um, grew outside of the friends and family, you know, it's, I mean, there's people on Facebook who don't know who I am and I've never met them and they've never tasted the cookie before that are ordering dozens of cookies for me and spending hundreds of dollars with me um, to get them. What, so do you guys, what are you guys all laughing about? It's, I'm curious. It's, it's just, it's, it's super interesting. It's cool to hear that. Guys, you know how many people make a million dollars a year selling cookies and brownies and like baked goods? I fucking love baked goods. Why do you think the Fat Gary existed? <laughs> Listen, I think, I think this is a real business. I think here's what you need to think about. Are you gonna be capable of hiring other people? Like do you wanna, ma- like right now it's a hobby and it's fun and you get a lot of release and probably, you know, even the way you set it up, you decided to bring up the divorce, so maybe it was an escapism for you, you love the art part. You need to figure out if you're a business person because if you're just the artist, it's gonna get to a place where it's No, not... it's definitely a business Fine. part. I mean, I've been in direct sales for about 10 years. Well, then, and... you should, then you should definitely build this business. I guarantee, based on, let me rephrase, my intuition says that you have the capability of building a million dollar revenue minimum cookie business uh, if you go hard and fast, and you know, if you're making 70%, 80% margin, that's life changing. So, you know, I think you should very much seriously. Cons- I don't see what permission you're looking for from me. I think you should. You should. Can you afford to go all in? Um, at this point, I don't. I don't know, and I think that's where. I'm, where, where do I go? How do so I do it? It's do very. I need oh, to it's look very. For like an- no, no, no. It's very simple. What were we gonna say? Do you have to look for what? Do I need like an investor? No, do I need no, to I knew you were gonna say that. Like, no, like- no. You need to, you need to, you need to, you need to be making fucking cookies right now and putting out content, not fucking being on social media and watching my show. <laughs> yes, Gary. No, but I mean, but I mean, I really believe that truth, right? Like, here's what you need to do, and what everybody need, and what everybody needs to do when they've got something brewing but they're not in a practical place yet to jump all in, they need to sacrifice yeah. every other second so that you could get the cookie sales from 600 a month to 6,000 a month and let you leap. Like I want people, if they really love it, let me paint you a scenario that may not be yours but I'm trying to give value to everybody. If you're making 80,000 a year, right, and you live on an 80,000 a year kind of budget, right, like your rent and everything, you, and you've got something that's making $600 a month like selling, you know, pictures or or cookies or whatever you're doing and you want to go all in, you've never had such happiness, step one, figure out how to bring your expenses to a $60,000 a year life, right? You don't need nice shoes. The girl yesterday in Vancouver, I'm like, you don't need those nice shoes. Stop talking shit, right? You don't, maybe you move if you, if you don't own a home and get lower rent. Like literally you'd get to 60,000 and then you spend every other second, and I mean every second, you go to sleep at one in the morning and you wake up at six because you're baking cookies and you're building up your Instagram and your Pinterest. That's my life. Good, so like to me, that like just go pot committed until you get to a place where you can afford to make the jump and that's what you do. And then you start, and then and once you make that jump, let's say you got it up to 5,000 a month because you subsidized up to 60,000, but you were doing it part-time, if you loved it and you were good enough to get it to that 60,000, when you make the jump and your whole day is that, that 60,000 gets to a buck 80 real fast. Wow, okay. Got it? Yeah. Awesome, good luck. Awesome, thanks Gary. Yeah, you're welcome, that was awesome. I mean, that, that's the thing, like, like too many people talk out of both sides of their mouth. They're like, they want this new thing, and I think she's got it, I'm not talking about her. They want this new thing, but they, they got a, they've got student loans, they've got rent, but what a lot of people have is a lifestyle, and it's too fancy compared to what they want. Everybody's rushing. Last, yesterday I saw a bunch of 19-year-olds with nice suits 
They need to be living in the fucking basement with three friends and saving that $3,000 and putting it back in their business. Just, we lack old school practicality in today's new environment. Ryan? Ryan? Yeah. That's what needs to happen. Save money, invest money, invest in your business. Thank you, holding Ryan speaking. Ryan, this is Gary Vee and you're on the Ask Gary Vee Show. Gary, how's it going, man? Super well, bro, how are you? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, my name's Ryan, I'm in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Meetauto.ca? Yeah, we're an automotive listing site. Okay. Um, like Auto Trader or Kijiji, you can sell your cars on our site. I understand. So, uh, we're, we're looking at getting some funding and we're a startup, it took us two and a half years to develop the platform and we're looking to do some marketing. So if you had $20,000 and wanted to get the best bang for your buck, I'd watch some of your stuff. Facebook. Um, but I'm curious. Yeah. And do you know when you run Facebook ads on in the auto industry, you can actually tap into Polk data? Right. It, um, I've heard some of that stuff. I've done some research on it. Stop doing research and start doing. Spend all $20,000 on Polk data-backed Facebook ads. Awesome. Great. Yeah, that's, ama- that's amazing. Is there anything else that you would do? Nope. Like uh, any other marketing strategies? Nope. Just hammer it into Facebook? Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And is there anything else, uh, advice, nope. videos I should watch of, nope. uh, of yours to no. help us out? Nope. Facebook, Polk Data. <laughs> thanks, thanks for being straight up, Gary. Really love your stuff. Love you too, man. See ya. When you have the best hand, Polk Data is an industry data source that actually tracks people and knows that they're in the market for a Sudan. You can literally know somebody's in the market for a, a, a four-wheel vehicle. Like, and of course the data is not 100% pure, but it's doing search queries, it's doing people that are like serving, it's just clean data. You're literally getting into people's feeds that are in the fucking market to buy a car. Instead of what all these car people do is buy billboards and run commercials all the time because you never know when somebody's in the market for a car. Yes, you don't know if they're in the market yeah, car if it's 1984. Hey bro, it's Gary Vee, you're on the Ask Gary Vee Show, Jose. Yes, hi, how are you? Sensational, and you? Hi, how are you? I'm great, bro. This is Gary Vaynerchuk from the Ask Gary V Show. I can't believe I'm on the phone with you right now. You are, man. Unbelievable. I'm a huge fan. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. What can I help you with? Let me get to the point. Um, so I feel like the market's going to tank in oh. the next few months. Nobody sees it. I see it because I've been looking at patterns basically all my life and been in real estate since I was 18. Okay. Um, I'm doing great, business is great. So it's weird for me to be the guy that says, hey, things are about to tank and let's slow shit down. Okay. Um, do you think I should be looking for a different avenue to compensate for that or just save for the bad times? I see, so you're in the real estate business and you think the real estate market's about to collapse? Yep. So I think you're 100% right. Now, whether it's three months from now or a year, I'm not sure, it could be 18 months, you know as well as I do. You can never exactly. fully pre- predict for it. So one thing, yeah. one thing you should do. So, do you buy properties and flip them, or do you like? Sell, are you like a real estate agent and sell and sell home, like sell homes? Like, what do you do? Correct. I do residential sales, and I'm also an investor as well. Well, and if, um, if you believe so it's gonna, me, ta- if you believe it's gonna tank, you should divest into cash. Okay. Like, well, I mean, what are you gonna talk about it and then fucking sit on assets when they go down thirty to fifty percent? No, I'd have to pretty much sell everything off. That's how you do it. Okay, I mean, 
I sold my I sold my I sold my Twitter stock when I thought it wasn't going to be as valuable, and I was right. That was a good idea. Yeah. Okay. So sell 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 the material off. Well, yeah. I mean, look, bro. Residential wise, how can I produce during the bad times? You so you're less worried about your investments because you don't have that much capital tied in. You're more worried about losing the commissions that come in from selling homes. I'm worried about more of producing money in during the bad times because capital is fine. I, I could sell off the investments that I have and what? I'll be perfectly fine for the next five years, but I'm talking about building. Yeah, so, I mean, whenever there's a down market, there's up opportunities elsewhere. So, I mean, look, you, listen, ha, have you been doing the real estate thing for, were you, were you involved in 2007, 8, 9? 12 years. I got in in 05. Great. Made like 120 grand in my first year and then everything took a shit. So, so what did you learn? Where was the money made during that shit? Uh, at the beginning and then at, when everything took a dump, that's when a lot of people made their money is when the market was down. Right, so I think, I think you need to use the pattern recognition of what happened then, right? So what right. are the angles, what are the opportunities? Or you know, okay. do you take a reprieve from that market, take, get all your cash out, and then deploy it into other areas that you think are going up during that time, right? Or right. do you take that cash, right? If you, if you just told me you're gonna sell everything and you're good for five years, then I would sell it, take that cash, wait for it to happen, and then buy shit on a nickel on the dollar so that when the next come up comes, you make a real fucking fortune. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. what I pretty much needed to hear. And I was, I was scared to do it. It's just, you know, you're, you're, you're going against that prediction. You know, everything's the unknown. But as far as patterns go in the market, it's, it's always the same. That's exactly right. So like, like what too many of my friends do is they love to claim that they got it right, but their actions didn't match. They were thrilled right. that they said that they predicted the real estate market was gonna collapse, yet they didn't sell their seven homes. Right. So they feel good, like I told you over a beer, but their fucking bank account got punched in the mouth. Yeah. I'd rather you not predict shit and fucking sell off and make money. Correct. Cool. Thanks, Jose. Exactly. Right, no, I appreciate the call. No worries, brother. Take, Take care. care. Jose. I mean, look. <laughs> that was a fun call because, and I get it, like it's scary to sell off. If you can afford to hold it through the whole way through, you can do that. But you know, if you're still in the early part of your career, selling at a high, taking the cash, and then catching it on the low, that's just smart. I mean, it's just not super confusing. The problem is everybody, you know, it's really fun to predict shit when you have no money lost. Everybody loves to Monday morning quarterback. Everybody loves to tell me how to run this business. Let me make them the CEO for a week. See them quiver and fold like a cheap fucking chair. Fro knows. Is this Fro? Get out of here. Should be. Fro. Garrett. What's up, Jared? Jared? I know, man. How, How are, you? are you? I'm doing well. How are you making out? Tremendous. How's Philly? Philly is uh, looking up and up right now. I love it. Real, real estate market's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What's cooking, bro? Question, is yeah. there ever such a thing as putting out too much content? The answer is yes in the micro-algorithm game of marketing and no in the branding game of marketing. So I say no. All right. How about, uh, do, you, do, you, do you think? <laughs> I mean, look, bro, this is a very simple question. The people that are deepest knowledgeable about what's going on in social content will tell you there's certain platforms and certain algorithms that you don't want to put out too much content because it can hurt you. Sure. I tell you, 
sure, but what happens is you lose certain awareness, but the volume makes up for it, plus you might have not put out that one fucking piece of content that changed your life. It's a, it's a massively interesting debate, probably even amongst my own team. I just believe what I believe. I just don't think you can put out, a, by the way, there's another thing. It's called your talent on the content. Like if you're a one trick pony and you're not interesting and you can't bring value, well how much content can you put out? Which is why document sure. over create became such a big thing for me because it allows people to put out more content than they were putting out. Do, do you ever think you're burning out people or do you sure. think you're adding yes. more people than you're losing? I think I'm adding more people than I'm losing. And I All think right. I'm burning and some people out. Right, which is bound to happen but the people stick around. I mean I'm 2,500 videos in on YouTube and micro-contenting everywhere else where we need to be and the, the other thing is. You gotta remember the other thing is, and I'll, this is important, not everybody over, like if I was a 16 year old vlogger, like blue eyed pretty boy, I'd have seven million fans on YouTube. Like certain platforms over indexed. You know, you and I are, are in a demo and have been doing it at a time like, we, you know, we still don't live in a world where a ton of 40, 50 and 60 year olds are consuming YouTube all the time. So you're gonna have your audiences um, but you know, I, I, I don't, I, I'm worried where you're going with this is, and where, where a lot of people are going with this is people that have been in the game for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, you have plateaus. I've had them and, 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 but it's almost like an actor, right? Like, like John Travolta, Saturday Night Fever or whatever, big star of the late 70s and early 80s, then nothing from 83 to 94, 95, and then Pulp Fiction, back. Right, Mickey Rourke, like, like I think of it like, I think of it that way. Like, you, you might just be hot for a year and then cool for, you know, three and then one piece of content can change everything. Simon Sinek, somebody I've known for a long time, been in the game putting out content for five years. His interview the other day where he shit on millennials, I disagree, uh, went viral as fuck and now he's here, you know? Like, I mean, you know. Yeah, makes total sense. I'm not stopping anytime soon, but, uh... The, thi- the, thing, the thing I would tell you and the thing if you look at my behavior is maybe you need to think about other platforms and being really aggressive. Maybe, maybe you would have really, really, really popped in 10 second form on Instagram and, and Vine or Snapchat videos. Like The one thing I would tell you is, is always hardcore taste the other stuff and I know you do do micro content in other places but sometimes make, put another flag down not just on YouTube. What's going on with you in Facebook video? Are you hardcore putting it all there too? I've been hardcore good. on Facebook videos since good. they start putting it up. Good, so, good. Um, I've been part of some of the beta tests that they've been. How about how about hiring Facebook how about life. hiring an intern who loves photography to transcribe your video and make it into blog form? Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I transcribe all the most of the videos. We put the transcriptions up on YouTube. We uh, put them all over the place because I hear the transcriptions get traction on YouTube. Though I haven't seen any bump from that yet. Um, how about how about how about algorithm. the part that really works on YouTube? How hardcore have you been about collaborations? Uh, collaborations have been difficult at this juncture because There's not a lot of other people to work with on my side. Sure, there uh, is. You need to figure out how to integrate your narrative into other people's shit. Sure, beyond photography makes total sense. No, no, That's only true. beyond photography. That's the punchline. Yeah. Like there's nothing but people like vlogging, like every single vlogger on YouTube is in play for you because photography yeah. plays. Good point. Thank you. Totally good point. Yeah, that's why I do this show. One more? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, are you spending money on YouTube? I was, we've stopped, right? 
We're kind of, we're so hardcore Instagram and Facebook right now. Um, so I'm just, but I believe in, fa- in YouTube ads and, and believe there's value in it. But I would collab the fuck out of your life. You should literally email and reach out to every single vlogger on YouTube, which will take you the rest of your life and your children's lives. All right, thank you. You got it, brother. That's really good advice. The collabos really are the game. Like, bring value, he's a photo- and he's an amazing yeah, photographer. Yeah. Go and shoot somebody, you know how many families are vlogging that have tons of people? Email them and say, I wanna come on and shoot and I'll take photography of your family, you'll have some great family portraits and he'll get 4,000 subscribers and he'll fly to Ohio. All right, solid show. Good advice in this one, I liked it. You, you liked it, right? Just like a good solid Sunday afternoon while everybody's like scratching their ass watching basketball right now, we're pumping out shit. You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them. Guys, thanks for listening to the audio experience. Two things, one, make sure you're watching my vlog on YouTube, and two, hit me up on the DM. It's going down on DM.